What we're dealing with here, glittering ass, is a complete lack of respect for the law and smoking the reef. Called the dust pump. We live in a society of laws. That pump? Yeah. No, that's not real. This thing a weed. Takes one side a weekend of training to get that bag. Hello, ladies and gents. Welcome back to the Police Academy podcast. This episode is about the number two um, most important key to success in life and in law enforcement. I talked about number one a few episodes ago, and it is time to discuss number two. Actually, one of our members um, brought something up in our private member chat server, and it reminded me I needed to talk about key to success number two, because it applied directly to what she was talking about. So we'll get to that. Before we do, um, speaking of our membership, go check out that at patreon.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com. And that is the best part of our membership, our private chat server, in my opinion, and I think um, many of our members agree, is the best part of our membership. Um, When we're up to normal production value, we also have extra episodes, uh, videos, etc., that go on the membership and are not available to the public. Um, so go check that out, patreon.com. Members also get discounts on our merch, which you can find on the website, policeacademypodcast.com. Go check out our store, see what we have there. The unfortunate thing about a podcast is you can't see the shirt uh, that I'm wearing that you can get at the merch store, which, number one, looks great, right? But you also can't feel it, so go order one. It won't hurt your, uh, you know, your wallet that much, and I promise you, you won't regret it, and you'll probably order a few more. That's at policeacademypodcast.com, and just go to the store. Again, members get discounts on all merch, so go check those things out, and let's jump into this episode. All right. So again, I talked about the number one key to success in law enforcement and life a while back, and this is, for me, has been the number two most helpful piece of advice in finding success in, in my law enforcement career and all the things I've done beyond in, pri- in the private business sector, starting my own businesses, um, and also in the military. So... Um, this piece of advice also came from the same captain that, that gave me that, that other piece of advice. The first one being love the one you're with. If you haven't listened to that episode, I highly encourage it. Um, definitely go check that one out. And, uh, because it, because the love, the one you're with, um, principle is extremely powerful and has, has driven me to much higher level levels of success, I think, not only in the sense of like what, what people traditionally just think of when they say, well, that person is successful, right? Like um, career progression, making more money, et cetera. But more importantly, in the realm of developing positive and long-lasting deep relationships with people, which is far more important than the traditional idea of of what we think of when we say success. All right, so go check that one out if you haven't listened to it. And for today, the number two key to success in life and law enforcement is 
to focus on what you can control and don't worry about the rest. There is a lot in life and in law enforcement that you can control. And there's a lot more that you can, especially being a cop. And that's one of the, I think, most toxic aspects. Well, I won't say most because there's, there's a lot um, that can be very toxic in, in law enforcement realm, but it, it can be very caustic to your well-being the unknown, the things that you can't control. That radio at any given moment can send you into a a situation, a scenario that you might not walk out of or might get you into all kinds of trouble liability-wise, right? So it's extremely stressful. And it's easy to say that it doesn't have to be. But what I've found is that People can operate in extremely volatile environments and not be nearly as stressed as people who go to work and sit behind a desk every day and deal with things that are not about life and death and really ultimately not all that important. And they're the most stressed out people you've ever seen because they have completely failed to apply this mindset. They're worrying about all kinds of things that they can't control, and they're not taking care of the things that they can. All right, so this is, it's easier said than done, right? And I don't do this perfectly. But it is, um, the, the mantra, the principle is something that if you continually remind yourself, you know, again, I don't do it perfectly, I'll, I forget about it, I let things get to me. Um, and then I go, what am I doing? I can't control what this person's doing, what this leader is doing. I can control me and my abilities, how well I train, how well prepared I am for the challenges ahead and how well I lead, um, how good of a fellow soldier and fellow officer, uh, a fellow human being I am. Right. So it's easier said than done, but it is important and valuable mantra to keep in mind and and continually remind yourself like, hey, am I focusing on the things that I can control? Am I doing my part? Am I doing my best to be the best version of myself that I can be? Um, Let me give you some examples. So as a police officer, I read an Instagram post this morning and the the actual picture right of instagram of the post was was just words and it said the most dangerous thing to police officers is police officers themselves or to law enforcement is law enforcement itself and then you know so I'm like okay well what's your point like what are you trying to say here so i read the the uh what you might call it the caption essentially underneath of it and it's essentially what this, um, what this profile was saying is that like, yeah, bad guys do bad things. Police officer kill police officers are killed by criminals. Um, regularly. It's a dangerous job, right? But police officers not being prepared for the job is the most dangerous thing for them. And 
And I think he or she, whoever wrote this is right. Because the majority of police officers out there are not prepared for the challenges of the job. You see videos all the time of cops who are woefully inadequate as far as their physical conditioning, for example, to handle uh, a normal, average, out-of-shape citizen who's you know fighting with them, resisting arrest, whatever the situation is, and they can't get this person under control. And you can, you can see as you watch these videos, the, the officer is completely exhausted. They're, they're barely holding on to this person who's either trying to get away or assaulting them. And it's, it's terrifying to watch because if you've been in those situations, if you've struggled um, with another adult, especially an adult male, uh, it's a dangerous place to be. Human beings are dangerous extremely dangerous and and in most of these videos again if that suspect wanted to kill the officer they have a pretty good chance of doing so fortunately most of the time they just want to get away that's fortunate for the officer but police officers should not rely on fortune that's pretty stupid and so most police officers are not proficient with their primary duty weapon, their sidearm. They're not proficient with whatever cruiser-mounted weapon systems they have, whether it be a shotgun or, please, um, please tell me you have a rifle in your car, right? It, and uh, again, if you don't and you have that option, that's another thing that you're not taking care of that you can control. If you don't have a rifle in your car, start saving some money and go buy a damn rifle and put it in your car and train with it. Obviously that's, that's the whole point of this, right? Like, are you, are you proficient in, in every area that you have control over in your job? You know, you can say, well, we don't get the training. Nobody does. No police agency has the budget to adequately train their officers. That is, that is an unfortunate reality of life. And that is true. Um, that's true in the military as well. Now you get into the, you know, higher tier special operations units and it becomes less true. But as far as general military operations, <laughs> these people are not trained adequately to do their jobs to a, perf- a level of proficiency that you would expect. You know, we just went out on the range. Um, and, you know, it's funny, our, our higher level leadership is getting irritated because the, the lower enlisted dudes are not, not qualifying at the level that they want them to on, on the, on the range. And so they go out, you know, I, my first response is, yeah, I would, I would like to see, and I'm not one of the people who's not shooting well, to be clear. But, you know, I know that these, these guys that are sitting here complaining about the dudes not shooting proficiently on this range probably aren't proficient themselves because the reason no one's proficient is because we never go to the range. And that's, that's a complete a story for a different day. We're not going to get in the weeds. 
but our unit is is very different from a normal infantry unit. And so there's reasons why we don't go to the range a lot. But in any case, they go out there and they shoot just as bad as all the lower enlisted dudes who they're complaining about not shooting well. Because they haven't put the time in themselves. You can point your finger at your agency and say, they don't give me the time on the range. They don't provide ammunition. They don't provide training classes. All that stuff. But those are the things you can't control, and you're wasting your time. You can control, for example, without spending a dime. You can control how proficient you are in drawing your primary sidearm. You can do dry drills every day you put that uniform on. You just do 20 dry drills, um, you know, and do them right, like train right. You, you draw, give whatever command that you, your agency likes, whatever you're, you're comfortable with, um, so that it's automatic in a, in a stressful situation when you need a suspect to comply and, and de-escalate a situation. But you can do, say, 20 dry drills every time you put your uniform on, and you will be more proficient than 99% of the officers in that extremely important uh, sequence in an officer-involved shooting or deadly force situation, you'll be 99, more proficient than 99% of the officers on your department if you do that. 20 dry drills every time you put your uniform on. And then when you start your shift, you do 20 more seated in your cruiser. And as you get extremely comfortable with these, um, these drills, you expand on them. You know, you draw left-handed, you reload left-handed, or you're off-handed, right? Whatever it may be. But th- these, are, these are simple things, right? Like, there's no excuse for officers not being good at these things. Same with reloads. You don't have to fire any rounds to, to run reload drills, whether that's with your sidearm um, and, just as importantly, with your rifle. For, forget about shotguns. I don't know why um, the the utility of a shotgun in law enforcement today is extremely low. Um, rifles are, in my opinion, the the bee's knees as far as their their capability um, and deployability, and that should be the focus, in my opinion. Um, but in any case, again, another a story for another day. But you can do these drills and be proficient without having you know, formal range time provided by your department. You're never going to get it. And so that's a great example, right? I'm not, I don't want to beat this horse to death. That's one example where police officers, you know, the, the mediocre average police officer is the one who sits there and complains that they don't get the range time. Well, number one, you probably make enough to go do some of your own shooting. But, but well, okay, you do. Let's just be honest, you do. Um, and it sucks to have to pay to do that when it's your job and your employer should equip you to do your job well. Um, but again, you can do a lot of this for free. You can take care of 90% of the most important things when it comes to deadly force situations, when you're going to use your sidearm or your, or your rifle. Um, you can train up those skills without firing around. Um, so that's one example. but. 
you know, again, law enforcement especially, uh, but life in general is full of, of these inputs that you have to deal with that can be extremely stressful. Leadership, you know, as I, you know, I, I mentioned toxicity earlier, and I kind of walked that initial claim back because I think one of the most toxic um, and damaging aspects of law enforcement is the culture of leadership in law enforcement um, and the difficulty in dealing with poor leadership uh, in, in this career. And a big part of it is the CYA aspect of law enforcement, cover your ass. Everyone is constantly trying to cover their ass um, from the top down, right? Because police work is volatile, it's unpredictable, and it involves the most dangerous animal on the planet, human beings, right? And human beings make mistakes, both officers and the citizens. Um, and so there's, there's vast opportunity for lawyers, especially, um, to, to find errors and lawsuits abound. And that's why we find ourselves in this CYA culture, because the law enforcement community is, um, is, it, it, it seems, in my opinion, to be a, a loosely knit family. But people talk, right? Like the chiefs around the country um, and sheriffs, they are part of a community. And, you know, the research in law enforcement, that's a, that's a community. And even from the very, you know, just basic patrol officer all the way up, like everyone... Um, there's a lot of people following the same research, reading the same articles, seeing what's going on on the other side of the country and going, okay, well, how do we avoid that here? Right? Well, they got sued for this situation. So we're going to implement a policy that, that keeps us from getting in the same hot water. So it's this, this big bureaucratic red tape infested CYA culture. And it's extremely, um, it creates a very, it, it's an oppressive environment to work in because you can't do your damn job. And some of these things are important um, in, in protecting the people that were sworn to protect as police officers. We, you know, you, most officers that I've worked with and met want to be better at what they do because they serve, they literally do serve their communities and they care about the people that they're there to protect. Um, but a lot of the stuff that comes out of the CYA culture is, is just painful. It's discouraging. You know, police officers, not only do they sign up to serve and protect their communities, but they actually want to be able to do those things. That means being able to pursue suspects when they try to run away, for example. But that's a dangerous thing. And so the CYA culture says, well, you can't, you can't engage in a foot pursuit anymore because something bad could happen. Well, that's, yeah, no shit. That's why we have cops. The bad thing should happen to us 
not some, you know, random kid playing in their front yard. So again, these are things that you may not be able to control, but you can know your department's policies. Uh, you can know your state statutes. You can know what you can and can't do legally in a situation. You can study these things and, and be prepared for what, what life is going to throw at you. You know, the member that, um, that commented in our, in our, our chat server is talking about self-doubt and, and, you know, she's a, a young, uh, relatively new officer. And by the sounds of it, she's doing just fine. You know, she's leaning on, you know, veteran officers in her department and, and saying like, Hey, am I, am I, how am I doing? And that's wise. It's, it's great to hear that she's, she's seeking out advice from people who can see in from the outside and who know what's right. And, um, and it, it sounds like they're encouraging her and telling her she's doing a great job and these doubts are coming from within. And if, and I would say that if, as an officer, you don't have doubts about your, you don't walk away from some of your calls and, and question whether you handled that the best way that you could, then you're missing something. I'm not saying you should doubt yourself. What I'm saying is it's important that we, we be introspective and you know, every time we handle a situation, we listen to what our fellow officers and our leaders have to say. If they have input, listen. Don't get defensive. You don't have to agree. And they may be wrong, but at the very least, listen to what they have to say and consider whether or not there is a better way that you could have done or handled that situation so you can be better next time. That's just humility, and it's important in your ability to be the best that you can be. Again, that is something you can control. You, every time you handle a call, that, that's a training opportunity. You can learn from it, and you can become better. If you're not doing that, you're not handling the things you can control. And if you get in trouble later because you've been complacent and walked away from all these calls that you could have learned from and said, yeah, not my problem. I dealt with it. Moving on. Well, then you only have yourself to blame for that because you could have figured these things out in all the training opportunities that have been presented to you up until that one fateful call that got yourself in hot water. On the flip side, you can find yourself in hot water for doing everything right. And that's where you have to flip that switch and go, recognize, hey, this is something I can't control. I'm going to make the best of it. But complaining about it, worrying about it, stressing about it, letting it ruin my life is not going to help anybody. Easier said than done. But again, if you can, if you can step back and recognize when something is outside of your control, it will, it'll allow you to save your energy for the things that matter. Because if it's outside your control, it does it matter. It does in the sense that it's going to affect you. But is, but does it matter in regard to 
allocating your very precious resources, your mental um, uh, you know, capacity and, and energy, your emotional capacity to dealing with something that you can't do anything about. Because when you do that, you sacrifice your ability to deal with the things that you can control. So it's this, it's this the dichotomy, right? It's this two-part interplay between these two things. And this is one area where it's interesting because I talk about balance a lot. And it's one area where I want you to be unbalanced. Don't worry about these things that you can't control and focus entirely on the things you can. It's extremely unbalanced. And if you can get, if you can get those scales tipped in favor of the things that you can control to you know, the highest degree possible, you will be as successful as you can be. And you will be happier and you will be healthier and you will live longer. Literally, you'll live longer. And that's a scientific fact, right? We know that, um, that stress is, is a killer. It's extremely dangerous. So be, I've, I don't think I've ever said this on the show in the hundreds of episodes that we've done over, um, gosh, we're going on six years, almost six years. I don't think I've ever said this, but be unbalanced here. And in the same time, the irony is that you're, it is balance. By focusing on the things you can control, it allows you, you know, your, your being to remain balanced. It's those things you can't control that throw you off balance. So in being unbalanced in this little conversation we're having, you are actually able to maintain your balance um, you know, in a holistic sense. You know, and so this piece of advice, you know, I started writing a whole novel uh, for this episode and I don't know, I, I felt like this just needed to be kind of more of an off the cuff conversation. Um, this piece of advice was, you know, said in, in and amongst many other things that this captain was teaching a group of uh, rookie uh, for the most part, officers. It didn't take him 30 minutes to explain what he meant. You know, it took him maybe 30 seconds, a couple minutes. And so I don't want to, again, I don't want to beat a, a horse to death, but I hope that with those examples that this makes sense, right? Like this is an extremely important principle just as important as the love the one you're with principle, you know, that one being about just being humble. And, and these, these interplay together as well. The love the one you're with principle and the focus on what you can control. Don't worry about the rest. I mean, love the one you're with, if applied well, is focusing on what you can control. Right? If, you, if you're dealing with someone a leader, um, you know, your, your supervisor, for example, or your training officer, 
and they're extremely difficult, they're unreasonable, whatever it is, right? Love the one you're with says, hey, listen, just do your best with what you have. Do it the way they are telling you to do it because they're in charge and um, learn what you can, right? That is controlling what you can control. So these two do overlap. And if you if you apply them both, um, I promise in five years, you'll be 10 times the officer that your peers are that are in the same place as you are now. The reality is a lot of police officers get on the job and they very quickly become arrogant and complacent and they stop growing. I would say most police officers stop actually truly developing in their abilities and and being open to new ways of doing things relatively young in their in their life as an officer. And again, that's what that's what gets police officers killed. Not only that, it it doesn't allow these officers to be the public servants that they signed up to be, sadly enough. So don't be that officer. Um, go out there and continue to evolve. Continue to develop. Continue to listen. Focus on the things that you can do better at. And if if the worries, you know, as as our the listener or the sorry the member that uh, kind of spurred me on to get this episode out, if that's you, right? Whether you're a rookie cop or you've been on for a while, um, I think I think most cops, uh, even well into their careers, have these have these worries. You know, did I do that right? What could I have done better? If you're having these these worries and these concerns, try to distill them down to, you know, what aspect of that call do I not feel comfortable with? And how, what do I need to develop in my own proficiencies to be comfortable in that situation next time? Do I need to go back and look at search, seizure, and arrest case law? Um, do I need to review a certain department policy that applies to these kinds of situations or a state law, or do I need to talk to the, the county, uh, the district attorney and say, Hey, you know, how do you, how do you want us to go about handling these kinds of situations? Right. Shore up the deficiency because that, that doubt, sometimes we doubt ourselves when we shouldn't. And, and recognizing that's important, that's balance, um, and that's hard to do. But again, as this member did, you go outside yourself and you ask your peers and say, hey, this is what happened, or, or hey, you saw what happened. What did you think? Be honest with me. Tell me, you know, tell me straight. And that's a great way to figure out whether or not your doubts are justified or not. But a lot of times they are, and a lot of times they point to a deficiency in your, in your training in your knowledge base. And that's a thing you can control. So use, use these situations. Use the thing that you can't control, which is the call that you went on that is involving human beings you may have never met 
with a lifetime of experiences. And, you know, a lot of times as officers, we get called to these situations. Well, this is the first time you've heard of it. But the human interplay that in the relationships that have been devolving into the complete circus that you just walked into have been going on for, you know, sometimes decades. Right. So that's a thing you can't control. You had no part in developing and creating the complete mess of humanity that you're about to walk into. But you can control how you respond to it, how you, how you control um, and take command of a situation how you generate stability as you walk into a call, and then how you pick up that investigation, figure out what's going on, make decisions, solve problems, you know, make arrest decisions, whatever it may be. You can become better um, at what you do. So let the things that you can't control help you become better at the things that you can and focus on what you can control. It's the one time, again, that I will encourage you all to be as unbalanced as possible. Devote your entire being to the things you can control and don't worry about the rest. All right, that's it for this one, ladies and gents. Thanks for tuning in. Um, don't forget to go check out our membership over at patreon.com. Of course, our members have discounts to all our merch at our store at policeacademypodcast.com. All of those links will be in the show notes so you can go check them out without having to worry about those, those URLs that I just said. Um, so when you get where you're going, if you're driving right now, just look in the show notes and you can find uh, the links to our membership and to our merch store. We've got a five different uh, styles of shirt on the store now. And I'm a terrible salesman, by the way, <laughs> but these shirts are legitimate because I can't, I can't make shit up. I can't make things sound cooler than they are. So I'll just say what I honestly think about these shirts. And that is they're, they're legitimately awesome. Um, it's the most comfortable t-shirt that I have. Um, and the reason they are is because, you know, Tony Malik uh, from Officer Survey and The Badge Life helped me get this all set up, right? Uh, this, these aren't drop ship shirts from some, you know, warehouse where they've been sitting there for two years rotting away before they printed, you know, they slapped some, slapped my designs on it and sent them out. Like that's, we're, we're doing this uh, from the ground up, straight from the supplier, so the fabrics are fresh, they're comfortable, um, they're high quality, they look, um, they look amazing, they're, they're fitting shirts, um, so they're more of an athletic type shirt. I wear mine to the gym without exception when I, when I go work out in the civilian gym. So go ch just go check them out, pleaseacademypodcast.com. promise you won't regret it, and again, members get uh, discounts, so you can check that out at patreon.com. That's it for this one. I hope you all enjoyed it. We'll see you on the next one. As always, do good, be strong, stay free.